Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fan-freaking-tastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and across from me is the brightest, the most loving, the most caring, most emotionally intelligent individual I've ever met in my entire life. Okay? I'm telling you, it's better than you even think. It's better than he's ever even able to portray. Mr. Charles, Chuck, the nearly perfect, the better than almost everyone, Thompson. That's, that's not true. I appreciate it, though. Yeah. It's very kind of you. Yeah. yeah see, I was actually just projecting. <laughs> you. Yeah. All right. What's up, everyone? This is Good Morning Liberty. I mean, <laughs> I feel like I'm pretty close to you, which is like, you know everything. Yeah, you are close to me right now. It's just on the other side of a table. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So this is Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. So if you want to, then hit subscribe, hit follow, and download the Converso app and text us via the number that's in our show notes. Mm -hmm. So do all of those things. Today's Friday. It's the end of the week, Charlie. On the Fridays, we talk about the dumbest shit. That mm -hmm. Nate found on the internet and people in the in the Fed Haters Club. A lot of people from the group. I don't know whose things made it in today. We had to because uh, Charlie just got back from Virginia and he had to get up at two thirty this morning, get on the plane. He just, you know, gets gets to the airport. And he's like, All right, I got a liberty a little bit. So he mm -hmm. comes over and now he's gonna record an episode. Probably pretty tired. So we cut it down to only nine things. Uh, which take up 46 slides on our... <laughs> still be an hour and a half. It's still going to be the same length show, but yeah. it would have been an even longer length show <laughs> if I would have left everything in there. So uh, I guess that means we should get going. Now, one thing that happened before this clip, uh, or after this clip, I'm sorry, we know that Tucker Carlson was let go from Fox News. That was the big news this week. Uh, not the craziest thing we ever heard of. But before that, AOC was talking with Jen Psaki, who's definitely a journalist and not a government propagandist, on MSNBC um, about how the government needs to be censoring people like Tucker Carlson and Fox News because of their incitement of violence oh, and all God. that. And, uh, of course, we can come up with a lot of great whataboutisms for that, which is what they would use to dismiss our claims that they're being hypocritical. But anyway, let's listen to this. And do you think media organizations or social media platforms should be accountable for the role, for, for being platforms for incitement? I believe that when it comes to broadcast television like Fox News, these are subject to, to federal law, federal regulation in terms of what's allowed on air and what isn't. And when you look at what Tucker Carlson and some of these other folks on Fox do, it is very very clearly incitement of violence, very clearly incitement of violence. And that is the line that I think we have to uh, be willing to contend with. Very clearly. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not very clearly incitement to violence. Like there's plenty of settled law on this. First off, you, you can't go on MSNBC and tell me that if you say things and people get upset about that and then they do stupid things as a result of the things that they heard on the news channel, that the news channel should be held responsible for those things, 
Right. If this is a real conversation, I'm surprised MSNBC allowed this on air. Right. That's the one thing they should censor right there. This is dangerous for them. <laughs> Are you telling me that there was no violence that's it, happened in the summer of love back in 2020? That's what I was just going to say. Was, that was incited yeah. by anything that was heard on MSNBC. During the BLM rallies. <laughs> yeah. There, there, was an, there wasn't a politician or a person who came on during COVID. There wasn't people who came on who incited violence telling you to tell on your neighbors. There weren't people encouraging others to burn down buildings Yeah, on different news channels. It's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. And see, here's the thing. And we get into this a lot, but when, when someone goes against your narrative so hard and you want to defend it so badly, you eventually have to try mm -hmm. to silence them. Because, yep. because that way you have more control. And that's what it's really all about. It's about control. All right, let's get to, she's now excited about this. We're, so number one, by the way, is, is generally just AOC and kind of the dumb week that she had overall, because it was a pretty dumb week. She's had a dumb month. Yes. And a dumb year. So let's, uh, the, the first thing was her saying that we needed to censor these folks or hold them responsible. Uh, and then next, this is after she learns that Tucker has been let go from Fox News. She's happy about this. Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. Um, what I will say, though, is while I'm very glad that the person that was arguably responsible for the some of the largest driving some of the most uh, amounts of death threats and violent threats, not just to my office, but to plenty of people across the country. Um, I also kind of feel like I'm like waiting for the cutscene at the end of a Marvel movie after all the credits have rolled. And then you see like the villains like hand reemerge out to grip, grip over like the end of a building or something. But she high deplatforming <laughs> works and it is important and um there you go oh god deplatforming works and it is important mm. charlie uh, coming from a sitting u.s uh, representative that's great <laughs> that's a great thing now she says she's uh, waiting for the end of the marvel movie where the person's hand comes out yeah aoc he didn't die <laughs> he just got fired from fox news okay yeah. they'll probably make a lot more money yeah He's going to, yes, he's still going to do his own independent thing or he'll, he'll maybe get a job with someone else. I'm sure he'll do his own independent thing. So that's a, that's a great uh, revelation there from her. Yeah. He's not dead. He's still going to do the news. Mm -hmm. He's still going to do the, the type of things he was doing. Um, and then saying that he's arguably responsible for the most, you know, the, what about the, the Supreme court justices when they overturned Roe v. Wade, who were yeah. getting death threats. That's the so thing. So could you say AOC and all the anchors on all the other networks, they're responsible, arguably responsible for all those death threats and protests that happened outside the Supreme Court justice's house? No, you see, Charlie, because the, everything that they were saying was the truth. Okay. And so if people got upset about that, that's justifiable. And what you're doing right now, once again, is called the whataboutism. It's what people like you do to try and yeah. take... The focus, just like Ram off Paul. of what you've done wrong, and say, "Oh, but wait, you do the same thing all the time." See, that's not a valid argument. See, just like Ram Paul deserved mm. to have his lung punctured by yes. his own rib by being tackled by a neighbor because he was just full of hate. Yeah, that person wasn't incited 
by by anything or the mob that surrounded them uh, at that time. I think the BLM stuff was still going on. I think that was in 2020 when they got surrounded that time. I'm pretty sure uh, during some of those protests uh, that wasn't incited uh, whatsoever. Or, you know, when the guy shot up the baseball field, that wasn't incited. Right. By anything that anyone on the left was saying. And I know we're being sarcastic right now, but it's actually true. (laughs) It wasn't incited. People make their own decisions. Yes. Right? Like, just because, like, imagine if somebody went on TV and was like, everybody needs to jump off a bridge. You know? Like, would you actually go jump off the bridge? No. Right. No. Exactly. Now, you could argue that that person incited you to make a decision. Be like, well, it's his fault. He told me to jump off a bridge. It's yeah. like, well, how dumb are you? It's still on the individual that makes the decision uh, to, to do the thing. It's their responsibility. And you can't blame... You know the thing. Like, say, if someone tells you the truth, a factual thing that is happening, and then you decide to take matters into your own hands and take care of it somehow. Well, can you say, well, this news organization... Is at fault because they told someone the truth about something that was actually happening. That's incitement. That caused this thing to happen. Right. No, that's ridiculous. Now, the right thinks that that's what they're doing, telling people the truth. And, okay, people do dumb stuff. The left thinks that that's what they're doing, that they tell people the truth. And, okay, sometimes people do dumb stuff. And they're both wrong. You know? Yeah. So, uh, we'll, we'll stay on AOC here for a minute. Uh, she's switching over to the, the debt ceiling conversation that we have right now, this debt limit increase that's got to happen uh, for us. So she's she's blaming, of course, the fact that we've hit our debt limit on the Trump tax cuts. And so we'll play her. Uh, we'll, we'll play her a little clip about this. We know how this thing goes. This one was weirdly quiet, I think. Let's see. Several years ago, we warned during the Trump tax cuts that this dramatic decrease in revenue would explode the nation's debt. And we heard from the Republican side, no, let us write off our yachts. Yet let us write off our private jets. And we said that this decrease in revenue would explode our and and explode our, our national debt. But instead now of realizing the error of our ways and reversing these tax cuts for the wealthy, we are now seeing the Republican side promote a a bill that cuts student loan cancellation, veterans health care, cancer research, opioid treatment, meals on wheels, and more. Yep. Spot on. Yeah. Now, the... After all the different projections that happened, basically everyone landed on that this uh, that those cuts were going to add about 1.8 trillion dollars to the national debt uh, as opposed to what was going to be added to the national debt still because we still run deficits all the time uh, that it was going to be 1.8 so it's 180 billion dollars a year as uh, what essentially they were projecting because that's a 10-year forecast right of course that's the the way that we talk about these things now do you think in 2017, when they were arguing about the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, uh, that when they were arguing that this was going to explode our national debt, that they meant we are going to spend like $3 trillion more than we actually take in here in a few years. I want everyone to know that we're going to spend you know, twice as much as what we take in here in a few years. And the next year, we're going to spend like another trillion and a half more. It's going to be the biggest deficits that we've ever seen ever in the history of this country, 
And that's why we don't need to cut these taxes right now when they're projecting it's going to be $180 billion added onto the debt every single year that they were talking about the fact that we were going to spend six to seven trillion dollars magically in a few years and explode the national debt by that. Or do you, or do you think it was just about the $180 billion a year that they were talking about? Yeah. It's only about the cuts. It's not about all the spending that increased massively, by the way, which Trump was a part of, of course. And so was, so, so was the Republicans. They were all part of spending all that money. Our federal government expenditures are 50% higher. They have increased by 50% since the time that that act was passed. Okay. Much, much faster. And why is that? Is that because we cut taxes for everyone, by the way, everyone saw a tax decrease. They say tax cuts for the wealthy because they saw the biggest proportion of money that came down. But of course, the people who pay the most amount of money, you're going to see the most proportion of money reduced in taxes. So that's that's one way that they talk about it. Um, the the actual expenditures went up by 50%. And to not even talk about like, oh, hey, maybe that's why we're about to hit our debt limit right now. Yeah. You know, we had a $3 trillion deficit. <laughs> it would be like, it's, it would be like um, arguing with your boss that you need more money. And rather than realizing like, maybe I shouldn't swipe the credit card so much. You know, yeah, that it's my boss's fault because he's not giving me more money at my job because he has a yacht to pay for. Yeah. So and then that's unfair. It's funny that you brought up the credit card. Here's her responding to Kevin McCarthy. If you gave your child a credit card and they kept maxing it out to the limit, you wouldn't blindly just raise the limit. You'd change their behavior. That exact same thing is true with our national debt. Okay. Guy said something coherent. It's kind of true. And in, in the actual case, your child's credit card is spending other people's money uh, through threat of violence. But other than that, it's kind of the same principle. Uh, what's AOC say here, Chuck? She said, maybe someone who thinks government financing works like a child with a credit card shouldn't be in charge of U.S. fiscal policy. <laughs> if you want to cut spending, negotiate the budget or funding bills. If you want to court catastrophe, play games with the debt limit like this guy is. Mm. Okay. So now let me ask you a question. Which one is acting like a child? Oh, it's definitely, (laughs) definitely Kevin McCarthy here. Now it's never AOC. Yeah. This is a, this is something I've realized recently is like, um, people will, well, project onto mm-hmm. you the things that they actually do. And, and then all you have to do is like look at the actions of the people and you're like, okay, which one acts like a toddler? And especially with those that have kids, this is easy to spot, right? You're like, okay, who's acting like a kid in this situation? Oh, <clears throat> yeah. now I see. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what they say. So obviously, this is obvious which one is acting like the child. It matters what they do. Mm. Uh, that was all number one. And here it is, 11.52 a.m. at the moment. So number two is going to be the the great backtracking uh, right now. We've got three different individuals, so we'll have to roll through them pretty quick. We've science? Got, uh, we've got Fauci, uh, Randy Weingarten, and Justin Trudeau all working on backtracking lately and like saying... Silently? Like, no, they're, I mean, they're out there saying, I didn't do that. Like, 
Trudeau's like, well, I never forced anyone to get vaccinated. And Weingarten's like, I didn't want the schools to be closed. <laughs> and Fauci's like, well, I didn't, you know, show me one school that I shut down. You know, I didn't do it. I didn't do anything about that. I have nothing to do about it. I saw a new Babylon Bee article saying that um, it said something about uh, Dr. Fauci says that he wasn't responsible for shutting down any schools. And also he's never heard of COVID. <laughs> it's pretty good, pretty good article headline. <laughs> Define COVID. So Fauci in this New York Times piece, uh, a couple things. Now I know the big thing that people have been talking about is what he said about masking. He said that at a population level, masking doesn't work. It like reduces transmission by about 10%, which is essentially nothing when you're uh, talking about a virus like this, but he did say the reason I don't think it's the bombshell quote everyone thinks it is is because he does say that on the individual level, the masking does help and it does protect you, but the population just is not going to get it right. It doesn't do anything. Um, and that's mainly because they don't wear masks, right? Yes. They pull them down to talk. They're just not going it's, to. Yeah. So uh, it, one of these quotes here, when we're talking about the economy now, if everyone remembers, right. I know this was such a long time ago, but do you remember how you were choosing profits over people? You remember that back when, when you wanted to keep the economy open, stuff like that? Um, so we're, we're talking about the economy here. Fauci says, certainly there could have been a better understanding of why people were emphasizing the economy. But when people say Fauci shut down the economy, it wasn't Fauci. Oh, God, the third person stuff. <laughs> Jeez. The CDC was the organization that made those recommendations. I happen to be perceived as the personification of the recommendations. I don't know. Maybe it's because your full-time job was out, out there propagandizing the people, you know, on behalf of the government. Also, like, wasn't it your emails <laughs> going back and forth with other folks at the FDA <laughs> like, and CDC? To and pretend that he had nothing to do with this. Right. Now, now he can. He's got the, the ability to deny this because he actually was not in a position of power to make those decisions and and make those decrees, but to pretend like he wasn't out there saying that this is what we needed to do He's, and that people weren't like, uh, he didn't know that people were listening to him and that he was directing public opinion and that the public opinion is important because the government slightly cares what the public thinks and that he was out there doing the work of all of these people in order to get the people behind actually locking down all yeah. of these places. He knows that that's what he was doing. So he's gaslighting about his influence. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I happen to be perceived as a personification of the recommendations, but show... Uh, that's because you are. Because you <laughs> were literally out... Yes. But show me a school that I shut down and show me a factory that I shut down. Never. I never did. I gave a public health recommendation that echoed the CDC's recommendation and people made a decision based on that, but I never criticized the people who had to make the decisions one way or the other. This <clears throat> lack of accountability yeah. is so infuriating. It's so infuriating. Let me see. I certainly think things could have been done differently and better on both sides. I mean, anybody who thinks that what we or anybody else said was perfect is not looking at reality. Nothing was done perfectly. But what I can say is that at least to my perception, the my emphasis, truth. Yes. My truth is the emphasis strictly on the science and public health. That is what public health people should do. Or that is what public health people should do. I'm not an economist. The CDC in prevention, this, the CDC uh, is not an economic organization. So, what infuriates me about this one <clears throat> is back in that time of you're putting profits over people, we were listening to what people like Fauci or people from the CDC were saying it was mainly Fauci, and they would come out there, come out here and say, this is what we need to do. We need to shut this stuff down. 
And anytime you would make an economic argument, then people would say, oh, you don't care about the science. You don't care about what Fauci's out there saying. You put profits over people. You want, you to, you want people to die. And now Fauci himself— Even if you questioned <clears throat> it, yeah. by the way, if you, if, if you just brought a question that said, hey, there's more than one way people die, and maybe we should take a bunch of different opinions into <clears throat> consideration before we just make emotional decisions— yeah, that was wrong. You couldn't even question it. And so now we've got the American Federation of Teachers president. This is all still number two. We have nine officially today. Uh, American Federation of Teachers president Randy Weingarten. And we will play a video from her. If you will remember uh, properly, in fact, well, we'll play a few videos because she is gaslighting the mother F out of everyone right now. Here we go. Uh, I'm sorry. Congressman Raskin, I'm just, we spent every day from February on trying to get schools open. We knew that remote education was not a substitute for opening schools, but we also knew that people had to be safe. And maybe it's because I live in New York City, I live near a hospital. Every other minute there was an ambulance. There was terror. Our members were terrified, others were terrified, and what we were simply looking for was clear scientific guidance. And when we couldn't get it, we did it ourselves, and we worked with doctors, and we worked with others, and we just tried to get it out there. Okay, now, I'm sorry. <laughs> I made an emotional decision, and now I can't take accountability for it. Yeah, so the, uh, the crazy part about this let me make sure I go to the right the right thing. Yeah, she is actually able to annoyingly back this up. And let me show you, let me show you how this worked. I'll play what she put out, which she then locked responses to, by the way. Uh, and and even there's a uh, let me see if I can find it. There's a community notes on here. She posts out here saying Republicans on the House COVID subcommittee want you to think I wanted to keep schools closed. Here's what I actually said over and over again. And there's going to be a bunch of clips of her saying that we needed to open schools. Everyone get mentally prepared for that. Because from very early on, she was out there saying that uh, that remote learning is not the same and that we need to get people back in school. She was, in fact, out there saying that. Uh, we will we will get to the contradiction uh, afterwards. We want to go back to in school. We need to actually get back to in-person learning. I am a big believer this that we May have 5th, to reopen safely and carefully. If you hear June the frustration of my voice, mm -hmm, I do. we put out a plan at the end of April. The teachers want it. 76% of teachers say they're in for um, going to school because teachers want to teach kids. They want to go back to school. Yeah. They know that it's important for kids. We want schools to reopen. We know in-school learning is better than remote. We've been trying to get kids back into school throughout the country. and we. Okay. This is where things like this become infuriating to me uh, because she was essentially out there holding people for ransom. She. This is the interesting part. She wants schools to reopen, right? And she's the, the president of the teachers union. Okay, so she's out there telling people, we want schools to open. So give us 
$300 billion and make sure that there's brand new ventilation put in every single school and make sure that everyone is able to keep six feet of social distance and make sure that if there is any type of community spread that the school can shut down immediately and make sure that all of these things are in there. We want schools to open. Extortion. And Yes. Thank you. <laughs> extortion. And so she sets up this impossible standard that people can't follow and then goes out there and says, hey, I'm the one that wants schools to open. So if you want schools to open, all you got to do is do this. And if you don't do this, then you don't want schools to open. I do. It's, <laughs> and so now she's able to play all of these things. Yeah. It's, uh, whew, it's infuriating. I'll tell you what, uh, this is from July. Teachers Union consider strike over school reopenings. <laughs> Uh, there's plenty of things like this. Uh, Teacher Union Chief, we have to trust experts, scientists to safely reopen our schools. That's in August of 2020. Uh, reckless, callous, and cruel. Teacher's Chief denounces Trump plan to reopen schools. Uh, that was from The Guardian. And so essentially, like you said, she was trying to extort people on behalf of the teachers. We need to raise all the teachers' pay by X amount of percent. They have budget plans out there that were like $280 billion in additional funding. Uh, to do all of these COVID revamps to all of the schools and, or they couldn't go back to any of the schools. And so, yeah, sure, she wanted them to reopen under her conditions. Mm -hmm. It's... It's impressive. It is impressive. It's impressive. You got to hand it to her. <laughs> Don't act like you're not impressed. Okay. And what's weird is she. it's almost like she set all this up knowing there was going to be backlash later. So she made sure to say, like, we want to open the schools. Yeah. So that she could have that clip. Exactly. There. Uh, here's Justin Trudeau talking about vaccines. I think I can skip ahead a little bit in this if I remember correctly. There may be all sorts of different reasons why someone is hesitant to get vaccinated. This is recently. But I make a distinction, and I have always have, between someone choosing for personal reasons to choose not to get vaccinated and someone deliberately using misinformation to mislead and scare other people with so-called facts that aren't facts at all that lead them to make a choice that endangers their lives and the lives of other citizens. So as Prime Minister, through the greatest public health crisis that we've faced in a hundred years in this country, since the Spanish flu, my responsibility was to keep as many Canadians alive as possible. And all of the scientists and the medical experts and the researchers, not just in Canada, but around the world, understood that vaccination was going to be the way through this. And therefore, while not forcing anyone to get vaccinated, I chose to make sure that all the incentives and all the protections were there to encourage Canadians to get vaccinated. And that's exactly This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Well, we're always growing and changing, so getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process. One thing I learned is self-awareness. I learned how to understand situations from different points of view. Over time, we learn what our personal boundaries are and what we need to find meaning and happiness in our lives. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. I've used a therapy. It can be very beneficial. My life has gotten immensely better since trying it. 
And Charlie does it too. In fact, he's been a BetterHelp customer for years. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash G-M-L. I didn't force you. No. I just wouldn't let you do anything else. And that that's the other thing. Like, he's <laughs> able to hes able to deny some type of accusation that he forced people to get vaccinated. It's just you weren't able to travel. You couldn't even leave the country. Yeah. Uh, you, and you couldn't work. Yeah. And, and so... It's like, imagine... So, <clears throat> think of this in another scenario that makes it even more egregious, in my opinion. Imagine Trudeau uh, kidnapped a woman <laughs> and kept her locked in his basement. It looks like something he would do. Um, he does I don't know. Seem like that. Allegedly, yeah. I, I'm not making any claims. He didn't say he has done it. No, he just I'm say just that he looks, looks like, like a guy who would do that. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he didn't ever rape her, <laughs> but he wouldn't let her go outside unless she had sex with him. Yeah. Like, I didn't force her to have sex with me. <laughs> I would never do such a thing. But no, I wouldn't let her leave the basement unless she went outside. It's, that's, that's the same principle, right? It's like, okay, I didn't force anyone to take a vaccine, but you couldn't be a human being unless yeah. you took it. You couldn't travel, couldn't eat in restaurants, couldn't go to the grocery store, couldn't walk down the street, couldn't do anything, couldn't be a human being. Everyone's heard all the clips. There's a nice thread here of tons of clips of Trudeau talking about conse the consequences for not getting vaccinated and... Uh, all the, you know, basically all your rights that you would lose if you That's, didn't get yeah, vaccinated. They, you're right. They, so, they wouldn't allow people to go to funerals. You, they told you that you were killing your grandma. They yep. All kinds of things. The United States is the same way. It's like, okay, we didn't force people to get vaccinated. However, we severely restricted your rights as a human being. So that's number two, the great backtracking of some of our COVID leaders. And you know what? Wouldn't you just respect them more if they came out and said, yeah, this is what we did. Yeah. We did it to save people's lives, damn it. 100%. That's why we did this, and it was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Like, why not just back up your position? It's right. so annoying to me. And you could also say, like, hey, I was wrong. At the time, I was trying to do the best I could do with the information that I had. Looking back on it, it obviously wasn't the right decision. I don't want to make this mistake in the future. You know, we need to learn from these mistakes. Take some accountability. Like, as human beings, you're allowed to make mistakes. It's the it's when you don't take accountability and want to be better in the future and you just want to be so defensive over your position as if I'm not wrong, you know? Like, take accountability for what happened and then be like, let's not make this mistake again and we can all be decent people. And then that would go over much better. It's like I always bring up the story of, this, um, you know, the CEO of Domino's who came in and I think when he came in, Domino's stock was at like less than $2 a share. They were failing miserably, about to go bankrupt. Oh, crap. How's this trade going? Dang the it. first thing that this guy did, I can't wish I remembered his name. Oh, sweet. The first thing he did was he came out and, and took accountability for how terrible Domino's was. Yeah. And he said, our, our dough is terrible. The ingredients are terrible. Our service is terrible. We're not clean. All you of these things. And then he... What did he do? Took responsibility for it and said, hey, we're going to clean up all these mistakes. He did. Domino's became one of the fastest growing 
old chains out there, and now I think their stock's up at $400, $500 See, a share. The, that's the difference in incentives. In the free market, the businesses have to do this. They can't say, oh, we didn't do anything wrong. Screw you, because they've got competition. The governments don't have any competition. Like, uh, I don't have it pulled up over. Copperhead just said uh, the governments don't have, uh, the governments can't go out of business. And so when you are a government, you cannot admit that you are wrong because that means I've, I've gone through this a billion times. You can't admit that you're wrong because that means that you can be wrong, which means that people can question your authority because they know that there's a possibility you could be wrong. Therefore, you can never admit that you were wrong when it comes to something because that will undermine all of your power. All right. That was also, only number two. It's 1214. Also, you <laughs> notice that people who tilt towards narcissism take these positions of power. Of course. <laughs> Oh, they, they're the, the ones that make it because it takes those traits to get to those places. And the people that aren't narcissistic or psycho psychopaths or anything like that, uh, they, they don't make it to those places. Very rare that like a good person makes it to that position yeah. because a bad person did things that bad people would do to get past all of the good people. Yeah. That's, that's just the way that incentive process works. All right. Number three. Uh, according to DOJ newly filed memo, the Air National Guardsman accused of leaking classified materials had a cache of weapons plus tactical gear surrounding his bed, reports CBS. Uh, let's watch this. This is um, hilarious. The alarming new allegations about an Air National Guardsman accused of leaking classified materials. Prosecutors say that Jack Texera had a long history of making racist and also anti-Semitic comments and also had access to a large collection of weapons. Is that two or three weapons? Those are three airsoft rifles there. Uh, surrounding oh, yeah, his they bed. Have, they have. <laughs> so the story is, now I, I could have said. I, There's orange tips on them. We could have said, okay, I get it, they, they messed up. But they specifically say in the story that he had tactical weapons surrounding his bed. And so then during that explanation, they show on the video these weapons around his bed and there's, there's freaking orange tips on the guns. It's uh, we don't have to play the rest of the news clip. I just thought this, this was hilarious. <laughs> and the community notes added the community note at the bottom of it saying the guns shown in the video of orange tips to mark them as toys. Yeah. I didn't notice <laughs> at first. Cause I was like, Oh, he's got so many weapons that, that there's three there. But then when you pointed it out, yeah, you could easily see the orange tips. That's so ridiculous. Nice. Hannah McLovin says tactically placed weapons. McLovin. Back. It's been, it's been a while. Like years, I feel like. What is up? All right. So that's just number three uh, right there from uh, CBS. Jack Teixeira. <laughs> Did you, oh, I said on Twitter, I said. How in 2023 are we still allowing specialized weapons of war on our streets? These orange-tipped MAGA-15s would have been outlawed years ago if it weren't for the damned NRA. MAGA-15s. <laughs> MAGA-15s actually sounds pretty cool, really. That is, yeah. All right, number four is going to Corinne Jean-Pierre, our extremely talented press White House press secretary. Uh, the two things aren't really related, but the, the first thing here that she says, she tries to say, now we're libertarians, we don't typically talk about stuff on the border very much, and this is not really a big border conversation. But imagine going out there and just saying things like Republicans are trying to put fentanyl on the street by defunding border patrol. Now, does that sound like something Republicans are trying to do when they talk about reducing the expenditures of the government? 
that it's not. And thank you, Community Notes, for putting uh, links to Republican bills. Twitter's just getting better but and better. They're all over it. So millions. It's clear that the Speaker's bill breaks House Republicans' commitment to America. In the run-up to the 2022 election, you know House Stop. Republicans... Pro- like, just know, when anybody says, like, it's clear, mm. or like, look, here's the deal, like, just stop listening after that. Because mm-hmm. it's all just a lie. Let's you know? be clear. Let me be it's clear. clear. It's clear. Because then it's like, there's nothing you can say back to that. Because that person has already decided. They're not open... For any type of conversation whatsoever. They dug a little moat around their Mm -hmm. argument right there. And you can't, the only way that you can argue with them is by being an idiot who can't see things that are clear afterwards. Right. So it's it's smart. Promise to put cops on the beat. Instead, they're fighting to put fentanyl on the street by defunding Border Patrol. Their proposal makes clear that only things House Republicans are committed to giving to Americans are increased crime lower economic growth, and more manufacturing jobs set back to China. The speaker's position is that unless the president and the Senate agreed... Okay, we don't have to play the rest of it. I don't understand, though. I thought Republicans hated people at the border, but now they want to let more in? That's it. (laughs) It's more projection, of course, and this is why it's in a dumb bleep, because it's just the flat-out lying that's happening because there is this fentanyl crisis and a in a a border crisis if we can use those terms and they're literally just turning around and blaming it on republicans because they're trying to reduce expenditures from the for the uh for the government but uh the border reinforcement act which was uh thrown out there by republicans calls for resumption of border wall construction the hiring of 22,000 border patrol agents uh supporting local law enforcement etc so they've got a bill out there to do this. And instead, I just turning around this thing that's kind of been a stain on Biden, if people pay attention to it, uh, like what's going on with the border for people who care a ton about that. We're just not, I just don't care so yeah. much about the border. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't. Uh, I don't appreciate those. Now, the next thing still on KJP, she's got a different dress on right here. So it's a different day. <laughs> It came out earlier in the week uh, that that Biden was using a cheat sheet. I did as, hear about that. Which, not a new thing. He's been caught doing this before. And I mean, it's so sad that we've made it to this. We're at this point. This is the president of the United States of America. This is the most powerful nation on earth that can just do anything that we want. Because we run this B out here. And the dude can't be relied on to to actually answer a question off the top of his head, like knowing what his policy is. Yeah. Well, they looked inside his head. Guys, there was nothing there, remember? This is not like a hyperbole or anything like that. He's he's literally not able to do it. Now everyone still is like, okay, yeah, they're exaggerating. They hate by now this, he's not able to do it. And this probably <laughs> isn't the first time this has happened. So let's I want to be fair about this. Yeah. Biden's not probably the only president who has had reporter questions beforehand. No. You know, they probably make a stipulation in a lot of the interviews that they do is like, okay, you can't ask me about this. You can't ask because they hold all the power. For sure. Because, of course, you want to interview or question the president. Yeah. That is not only good for your career, but good for your company. 
And so, the, the incentive process there, if you ask a lot of questions that they don't like, there's a good chance they can get you thrown out or just not call on you. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, now that's that's not technically their job. There's a, a separate organization that allegedly picks what people can go uh, into the briefing room and ask questions. But but anyway, you got this cheat sheet. You can see the questions laid out. Now, the way to get around this was because the question, which was essentially along the same lines, was not asked word for word from what they had on the cheat sheet. And so, therefore, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre can go out there and, and say stuff like, like this. We do not have specific questions in advance. That's not something that we do. And in fact, I would point out the questions that was asked was different uh, than what was on the card that uh, you all saw. Okay. So, nope, this is not a thing we do. We never do that. We don't have specific questions. Just definitely not. Yeah. Now, you, in defense of Biden beforehand, said, listen. They've got questions in advance. That's just a thing that they do. But they have to go so far on the other level and just say, no, we don't have questions in advance. Right. We never have stuff like that. Come on. Like Charlie said, all of the presidents have questions in advance. Now, I don't think that they all have a picture of the reporter, the the, uh, way to pronounce her name, like his little hooked on phonics. way of how to pronounce the person's name. And then the actual question. And then the question with specifically emphasized words and it just, and then exactly what he's supposed to say back to that, like it's a script. Also, here's the thing. This is journalism in America, by the way. Yeah. These are your highly educated expert journalists out there telling you the truth, folks. All right, number five goes to uh, Warden. Well, this is going to be Charlie. I don't know if you know this, but women in America still don't have equal rights. And we've been trying to pass this constitutional amendment uh, for 100 years now to finally give women equal rights in America. And this was, of course, held back once again by the, uh, the bigoted, misogynistic Republicans in the Senate that did not want to do this is an actual amendment. They're trying to get ratified to the Constitution. Yeah. And what happened was there is a deadline to how many years it can take from the time that you start, that you pass it, that the states start ratifying it to when, like they have seven years, I believe, to ratify it for it to become a part of the Constitution. And the uh, 30-whatever state to ratify it was outside of the deadline. Mm. And so it's never been added to the Constitution. And this is why women are treated like dogs in American society today with no equal rights whatsoever. None. No rights. All right. So this, there's a thing happening right now. So number five is the Equal Rights Act. All right. There's like seven things with this. Chief, Chief Warren, quote, women shall have equal rights to the U.S. in every place subject to- In the U.S. In the U.S. In every place subject to its jurisdiction. Equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged by the U.S. or by any state- on account of sex. We don't even know what any of that means. No. First they're, of all. They're using a bunch of terms in there yeah. that clearly no one can even define in the first place. What is a woman and what is sex? I don't know. Because those seem to be arbitrary to me. So yep. what are they, what? Shouldn't it just be people? Just people. People should have equal mm-hmm. rights. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, if you do that, then um, that's already in the Constitution. Right. It's called the 14th Amendment. Senate Senate Republicans just voted to block that from going in the Constitution. Uh, That's because, obviously, you have a bunch of misogynistic, 
woman hating, mm-hmm. slapping their wives around. Mm-hmm. Which there probably are some that do that. Sure. Um, but it, it's like it's like if you're a Republican, you're just a cancer. Yeah. And all you do is you hate on trans people, you don't you hate poor people, you hate women, you know? That's it. Rokana. Right. Rokana tweets, it's twenty twenty three and we're still fighting for women to have equal rights. It's ridiculous. Congress passed it in nineteen seventy two. Thirty eight states have ratified it. We need to add the Equal Rights Amendment to the Constitution. For what? I'm still trying to figure this out. For what? What do women... Can anybody name one thing that men have and women do not have? Well, they can't... I mean, that's too vague. You're talking about a right. A right to, yeah. What what do they not have the right to do that men have the right to do? I really don't know. Like, they can can get a job. They can vote. Mm -hmm. They can buy a home. Yeah. Or land. Now they're trying. They can can open up a business. They can, uh, I guess, they could pee standing up if they wanted to. It should probably just would be harder, Mm -hmm. you know, than than men. If we're talking about the traditional man, woman, you know, based on account of sex, (laughs) like Chief Warren says. All right, Dick Durbin, this is an idiot from Illinois. Mm. He tweets... It's a shame that Republicans block the Equal Rights Amendment from becoming law today. They can twist it however they wish, but it's a fact. There you go. Stop listening after that. Mm -hmm. There's no sense in listening. You know, what's funny is what he's about to say is kind of correct. So Republicans voted against explicitly including women's equality in our Constitution. They did because it's already included for everyone. It's... You don't have to explicitly name women. So, yeah, they voted against explicitly putting women in the Constitution. Because it's already there. They did. It's already for for all the people. It doesn't matter. (laughs) You know the saying, by the way. All men and women go by, go, you know the thing. Okay, well, this this has um, escalated. You know, what's going on in our Tennessee house is, is, um, is moving all the way up. Oh, we have more people from Tennessee that... No, this isn't in Tennessee. Oh, okay. This is actually people in the U.S. Congress interrupting the Senate while they were trying to vote on this. The House of Representatives, Congress women and men, or whatever you call them these days, uh, interrupting the vote in the Senate while they were in session and then getting kicked out uh, afterwards. So this is Congresswoman Summer Lee. They were storming the Senate? They stormed it. Now, I didn't. I don't know how many fire extinguishers are flagpoles they had, but uh, this seems violent to me. Hey, y'all. I'm outside of the Senate chamber where we marched uh, from our House chamber over here as the Senate takes their vote on the ERA. Uh, we knew when we were going in there that they have senators who are always... We're not even here. I'm getting kicked out. I'm not even in the area. We have a lot of rules around here, but listen, we're getting experts out of here. We just left where they don't have enough votes to pass the ERA, but we wanted to make sure that we were going over there as the House to send our, to let people hear our voice about women's rights and making sure that our rights are enshrined in the Constitution. So I got to go back. picking up where we left off. <laughs> as I was explaining, we were in the Senate chamber where, I mean, they vote 
you know, my thumbs up or thumbs down. Y'all might have saw this before. And just to see women voting, uh, you know, doing thumbs down as they walked in, a lot of the Republicans understood how shameful it was, right? They weren't even in there. They would come in out of their cloakroom, put their thumbs down, and run out of there. So they understand how ridiculous it is. They understand that they're on the wrong side of history, but they also understand that we're not going to stop, that we're going to keep going until we ensure that there are equal rights uh, for women, uh, for queer and trans folks, and for all of our marginalized communities. Now, Wait, hang on a second. Mm, mm-hmm. So there were women senators yes. that voted against this thing? They voted against their own? Their own gender? Well, that's what Republicanism does. It makes you hate yourself as a woman. You know, that's, that's what happens. Uh, this is Ayanna Presley talking. I'm and- sorry. I don't think it's getting better, folks. Oh, no, it's not. The, yeah. the question is, this Charlie, is getting worse. what the heck are we talking about? Like, until we get equal rights for, what are you talking about? Right. Someone say what you're talking about. I Yeah, why don't we talk about actual issues? They're just, and she says, like, we're out here marching. These are a bunch of people who grew up watching videos of people in the civil rights movement doing great things, and they have aspired to be those people, and so they are creating fake problems <laughs> to go out there and march on behalf of so they can be these civil rights leaders. And the people who got kicked out today, they saw how famous the the Justins got from Tennessee, and they just want to do that. They want to up their public persona. They're trying to go out there and get expelled. They want someone to vote and expel them. That's it because it only works out in your favor afterwards. Maybe you can run for even higher office afterwards. That's exactly what they want. It's been over 100 years now. Some might think that's a testament to our resilience. I think it's a pathetic commentary. At a time when we face daily sexism, Mm -hmm. pregnancy discrimination, pay inequities, sexual violence, and persistent legislation. Pregnancy discrimination. What does she mean that men are allowed to have abortions and women aren't? <laughs> what is she talking about? Yeah. This is the, you know, part of the Roe versus Wade. They tried to use the 14th Amendment with this. And that's you can't do equal protections on this because men aren't allowed to get abortions either. So you can't say, well, you let men have abortions and you don't let women have abortions. That's not the thing. Yeah. Okay, men use contraception or or whatever, and women haven't been denied. The, those type, you know, the, the birth control pill. I think people try that in some states because some crazies out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's ridiculous. But, all right, sorry. Slated attacks on our bodily autonomy. Our bill is essential. But once again, the Jim Crow era rules of the United States Senate are obstructing justice and LGBTQ folks and other marginalized communities. Today, the extraction of the ERA by some callous Senate Republicans is only the latest example of their damning how, failure how to are do they the bare minimum. The LGBTQ folks in this because it's women. Charlie, this will be used <laughs> to enforce trans women being able to play on whatever sports teams that they want to play. That is one of the reasons that they're trying to push this right now because trans women will be included in these in this equal rights. It says like on, on their account for sex. So how do they put that like? I'm not a biologist. I don't know what you what you want me to say right now. All right. Mom, to protect our fundamental rights at defining moments in our nation's history. The Senate's failure to pass our bill means that constitutional inequality and the daily indignities and disparities that come with it will remain the status quo for now. We ain't going to let nobody turn us around. Tell them, Queen. 
Despite this devastating setback, we remain resolved and determined as Shirley Chisholm, the first black woman elected to Congress in a key. Okay, I don't care about the rest or anything else that she said, but no. uh, because I'm a man and I don't have to because <laughs> it's in the Constitution. <laughs> Oh. So they're just some of the uh, equal rights. Uh, the, the 14th Amendment. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of the citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Now, is a woman a person? Pretty sure, unless they identify otherwise. Yeah. You know, so, as long as you identify as a person, you're pretty much covered under the 14th it's a, Amendment. It's already there. Yeah. Uh, All right, we got to go quick. Now, the, the, the right, oh, the right, they go a little too far sometimes, okay? <laughs> and I'm just going to make fun of a few things right quick for dumb bleep number six. Right. From the Washington Post. Texas Agriculture Commissioner Sid Miller introduced a new policy that requires employees to dress in a manner consistent with their biological gender. I do not think that trying to make people dress in a manner consistent with your gender is a thing that people, I get it, it could be weird if you got to do wearing a dress to work, but you're going too far here because, listen. By the way, when men used to wear heels, right? Well, so it's like, who cares what people wear? I mean, I, we're doing this. You think this guy... Well, he probably likes country music or something like that. Let's say he liked rock and roll. Think he never went up and watched a bunch of dudes dressed as chicks on stage up there, rubbing themselves and grinding all over each other, playing Stairway to Heaven or anything like that? Like, it's such a weird thing to me to to just decide this clothing rule. Like, How do you define the clothing? Jeez, I played on stage and I'm not going to lie. Before, listen, listen, kids. There was a time where men's skinny jeans were not a thing, okay? And I I wore some of our lead singer's pants, okay? <laughs> she was a she's a tiny person. Yeah. But I have a tiny bottom half, okay? And he, and he needed to go to the and he couldn't uh, get to the pants store. <laughs> I couldn't get yeah. to the pants store, and so I I had to wear some. All right. It was just a couple times. All right, but I'm not ashamed. I, I wore <laughs> I wore tight pants when I played on the road too. Here's another one. Uh, John John sent this over from NPR, which is a government funded media organization. Just <laughs> so you know, a Nashville senior was banned from prom for a suit. So a local business stepped in. They had another prom. Now this was at a Christian school with a dress code. But listen, folks, I don't think enforcing. Now, if you want to enforce, like, this is what people specifically have to wear right here. But if you're going to separate it by, oh, here's clothes that we think are for women and here's clothes that we think are for men, it, it's too much. Yeah. It's it's not going to work. This who is not a thing. Who cares how you cover up your parts? Yeah. Just keep the parts covered. How about public schools would have to display Ten Commandments under bill passed by the Texas Senate? <laughs> uh, that's not a good idea. That's a terrible idea. Uh, Texas Tribune. Uh, it would also a, set prayer and Bible reading times during the school day. Yeah. I oh. mean, I'm all for reading your Bible, folks, but we shouldn't force it on other people. That's the whole thing. Uh, let me see. It would allow public and charter schools to adopt a policy requiring every campus to set aside time for students. So it would allow them to adopt a policy if they want to. Uh, hadn't gone through all this. Um, I don't know if this is going to require 
the Ten Commandments in every single school like the headline does, says right here. But if it does, if this is the truth, and if it's not, then let me know on your Converso app. Okay, it's 555-184-3042 if you want to send me that. I can't even screenshot your messages or anything. You can turn screenshot block on if you're, like, embarrassed by what you said or whatever. You can unsend the message. It's end-to-end encrypted. Okay, so it's just between us. All right? That's the Converso app, by the way. The link's in the show notes. So if I do get this wrong, then, then let me know. It is a terrible idea to force people to put the Ten Commandments uh, respecting a religion, a specific religion, in public schools, okay? that That's how this all started. That's how this whole thing started mm-hmm. that we're dealing with right now. They found a picture of you, by the way, from when you were playing <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, that was me right there. There it is. <laughs> okay, another thing to make fun of right quick. It's not that there's not already rules for this, but can we just critique, can we criticize this rule yeah. real quick, Charlie? This Go is ahead. number seven. So, title... Stripped. U.S. long jumper Tara Davis Woodall has been stripped of her recent national indoor title and hit with a one-month suspension after a positive test for cannabis. Listen, man, I get it. It's the rule. It's against the rules. It's against the rules. Uh, So right now, I'm talking to the people that make the rules. Do you honestly think that cannabis cannabis helped this person do the long jump? Now, maybe the high jump. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but not the long jump. Yeah. Okay. There's no way that she increased her ability to perform on a physical level yeah. with that. Okay. This is a dumb rule. Also like THC lasts in your system for like 30 days. <laughs> so she could have done it a week or two or three in advance mm-hmm. of this. But yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing that's going to enhance your performance. No. By, Unless by. you were hindered by anxiety or something. And all the anxiety was gone and the other people, they had to deal with their own anxiety issues and get over them. And that maybe uh, hurt them. Like it, yeah. it changed their blood flow and uh, which, you know, affected the, okay, so maybe it does change your performance. Who knows? Maybe. Not sure. Okay. That's just number seven. Nice quick one. Let's go through this. Uh, who, who put this in the group? Someone put in their conversation with Snapchat, uh, the Snap, the snap bot, the, ta- the AI tax bot, as I call it. And why does it have this bias? I just want to know this bias, Charlie. Let's go through the conversation right quick. All right. So it starts out with texting the chatbot. Taxation is theft. The AI responds. I don't like paying taxes either, but they are necessary to fund government services like schools and roads. (laughs) The standard answer. What would we do? Yeah. For schools and roads. That's what I told the guy yesterday I was talking to. I said, okay, you know, let's just get it back to that then. Mm -hmm. Why don't we just pay the money that goes to schools and roads? Then what are people going to say after that? Right. You know? <clears throat> All right. So message back to the AI. Are government services necessary? AI responds, yes. I think government services are necessary to help people who are in need and to make sure everyone has access to basic needs like education and healthcare. Okay. Okay. So the then this person responds to the AI. No one other than government can provide basic needs to people who can't afford them. AI responds, I think nonprofit organizations and charities can also help provide basic needs to people who can't afford them. However, I think it's important for the government to also play a role in providing these services to make sure everyone has access to them. Yeah, because you have a roving band of nonprofits limiting access to their, <laughs> to their supplies. 
<clears throat> of course, they do have some requirements. Like, mm. I mean, you go into a shelter, they're like, hey, you can't bring drugs in here. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to they have to do those kinds of things. <clears throat> so the person responds back to the a, uh, the AI. What percentage of taxes are used to help those uh, in need? AI responds. I'm not sure about the exact percentage, but a significant portion of our taxes goes towards programs that help people who are in need, like food assistance and healthcare programs. Okay. Um, let me make sure. They keep going down through here until okay. eventually you just got to give up. What would you consider a significant portion? AI responds. I'm not sure of the exact percentage, but I think a significant portion of taxes goes towards programs that help people. Uh, so the other question then, in general, what percentage is a, is a significant portion? AI says, I think a significant portion would be around 25% or more. <laughs> 25%. That's significant, by the way. Uh, Not 51. Uh, so if I gave you $10 to help someone and you spent 250 on helping someone and blew the rest on yourself and your friends, you would call that helping. AI responds, no, I wouldn't call that helping. I think it's important to use the resources we have to help people who need it and not to use those resources for personal gain. <laughs> All right, that's the, now you're just going in the loop with this chat, Bob, because it says, well, we use a significant portion. And it says, well, I define significant portion as 25%. And then when you say, so if I give you 10 and you use 250, am I helping? Then chatbot's like, no, that's not helping. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, that's so should we have all. government do things? And you're like, oh, yeah, I think the government should do things to help people in need. And you just keep going in this loop. But basically the, the, the AI is just trained uh, to convince you that it's a good thing we give money to the government. And uh, I don't know exactly how Snap AIs work, but of course it's just scraping stuff off of the internet, I'm sure. I don't know exactly what types of things yeah. you can do with Snapchat. Uh, but that's annoying. And now let's get to a Nina Turner conversation uh, right here. This is from Representative Kat Kamek on Fox Business proposing work requirements for SNAP and Medicaid. Part of the debt limit negotiation are uh, work requirements for SNAP and Medicaid. And so people are very upset with this. Nina Turner calls the things called for in this video ridiculous and inhumane and so let's see what this person's and calling for find out when I get it's inhumane for people so to work it's a yes. non-answer but to the work requirements i mean we have 40 million americans who are able-bodied with no dependents that are of working age that aren't working mm -hmm. so if you are going to be accepting benefits like snap and others i think or medicaid you know i think it's important that you are actively seeking a job that you are in the workforce and so this is something that people across the country have asked for and we've delivered and like i said there's Okay, 40 million mm. Americans who are able-bodied with no dependents, by the way. No dependents. Could be working and are not. Mm. Jesus Christ of Latter-day <laughs> Saints. What are these people doing? So she says that what this... Do you do? What do you do? You, nothing. Sit around and post on Twitter about how terrible America uh, is, I guess. I'm not sure. I guess you join protests and stuff. I'm... I'm so that 28 seconds you just heard, Nina says ridiculous and inhumane. Uh, my first response was, so it's inhumane to ask people to work some before receiving the money of everyone else who has to work to provide them with that money. <laughs> That's the thing that people don't think about. Like for you to get that money, someone else has to work 
for you to get that money and asking for you doing nothing, asking you to work is inhumane, but saying that you should just receive the money of other people who are working to give you that money is justice. <laughs> yeah. How does that work in people's brains, man? I don't get it. You have to, uh, you have to forego all logic, Nate. I think, Hey, here, try this. Think with your feelings. <laughs> Whatever you feel, Nate, that's your reality. I feel that this is really dumb. That's how <laughs> I feel, okay? Uh, and I wanted to point out, this is the sad thing about social media, I guess, and people just going with a narrative and, and assuming that something is the truth. A bunch of the responses on here were that it was inhumane because they're going to require senior citizens, able-bodied senior citizens, to go back to work if they want to be able to get their Medicaid or their SNAP, or whatever it is. And so there's just these whole lines of people about how uh, anyone who's able-bodied is going to be able to, to go, or is going to have to go back to work. And let's see, a lot of seniors rely on SNAP to subsidize their food because Social Security only covers their rent and not utilities. If GOP gets their way and requires work to get SNAP, it'll require elderly to go to work already. Uh, so that's not true. This person says, able-bodied, if you're in a wheelchair, you can still work. If you're 75, you can still work. So it's either starvation or working till you die in America. Okay, the work requirements that are proposed by the GOP budget. Stop. The only reason we can have this conversation is because of capitalism, mm -hmm. by the way. Because prior to 1900, if you didn't work, you did starve. The rebuttal that none of these people responded to was that inside of this bill, the work requirements cut off at 55. They don't go past that. And so all of these people that were through here talking about uh, all the all the seniors, seniors yeah. that rely on Medicaid and SNAP, they're all just talking out of their ass, and they never looked at what the actual requirements of were. Of course. They, they, ass yeah. they assumed that here's that what, was the case. Here's what happened. They saw this video and what Nina said, and they had a bunch of feelings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they were like, I have to do something about these feelings, and I'm a virtuous kind soul mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i need to go on twitter and defend this without even looking into what it says whatsoever all right we have time for one more or do you want to go yeah let's go i mean it's we're an hour and four minutes on the show right now i don't i don't have so, a hard stop today so. well heck let's just never stop just never it's another post from nina turner this is still number nine okay the most and this is whoo who is this guy talking is that um who is that I know that. Oh, that's uh, that Jesse, Jesse Ventura. Ventura. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so this is Jesse Ventura. Oh, this poor guy looks he's, rough. He's been road hard and put up wet. Let me tell you what. <laughs> okay. Nina posted this with those little uh, bullseye emojis. So she's, you know, just right on board here, Nina. There should not be one billionaire in America. None. And I'll tell you why. Because there is nobody that works hard enough to earn a billion dollars. And my argument is this. The two jobs I did in my life that were physically the most demanding and mentally the most difficult that I ever did paid me the least amount of money. One was going through buds. And I challenge any billionaire to put up with six weeks of that shit at $62 every two weeks, you know? And the second was right before I went in the Navy. I had a job with the Minnesota Highway Department. 
couple bucks above minimum wage. I worked for the bridge crew, and you know what my job was? I worked a four-day work week, 10 hours a day so I could have Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the weekend. You're 18, of course you're going to do that. But I worked 40 hours in four days on the bridge crew, and guess what I did? Ran the 80-pound jackhammer. I challenge any billionaire to, to run the jackhammer for 40 hours one week and tell me he works harder than that. That's why he's still shaking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's still, still got the shakes. I mean, I've used those things before. It's, it's no joke. There's a couple uh, big. There's a couple big things wrong inside of what's going on. Uh, first off, that the thing he was most recently talking about. I I ran an eighty pound jackhammer. <laughs> you know that Jack that whole hammer. thing. You don't get paid based on how physically demanding the labor is that you're doing. You get paid based on the value that people are willing to trade for whatever it is that you're producing or whatever service it is that you're providing. Okay, that's not how that works. Second, he says no one has earned a billion dollars. There shouldn't be any billionaires. I bet you it'd be interesting to see. you haven't worked hard enough. You haven't worked hard enough to do that. What if you created something that was that valuable? What if you created a service that when we went into the biggest pandemic in the history of Earth, people could just sit at home and order stuff and not have to go out the stores and all that? All the people in the entire country had the opportunity to stay at home and not go out to grocery stores and not do that. What if you created that service? Or you inspired others to create similar services. Exactly. Now, the other thing is, no one has, when he says earned a billion dollars, the way that people think about this is that you got paid your yearly salary so much so that eventually you became a billionaire. I bet you no one has ever done that. I I want to know, but I even don't think your anyone's salary is a billion dollars. Like your sports, I always wonder how do how does a, how does a, a quarterback make fifty million dollars a year, and then they do all this and 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 I look at their net worth and it says that they're worth like one hundred fifty million. I'm like, how does that happen? I don't know how that works. And you look at people who make a hundred million dollars from a movie when it comes out or something, and they're uh, people don't get paid so much every single year that eventually they have a billion dollars. They own shares of things. They own portions of things. Investments. That is how that works. It's from investments. And the only reason you have a billion is because millions of other people have decided to buy little portions of your business and they have all agreed upon what one little slice of your business is worth. And so you own a certain amount of it. And so your worth goes up with whatever percentage of those amount of, of shares you have. That is how people earn a billion dollars. It's not because they their salary was $250 million a year or anything, which is weird. People don't get so mad at people who play sports or act in movies or anything for their salaries. But, you know, the McDonald's CEO making $20 million, you know, a million of it maybe from a salary and 19 of it was from stock options that he may or may not have even cashed out. We don't even know that that's some type of travesty. Well, yeah, like, <clears throat> you know, Jay-Z is worth a billion dollars. Mm -hmm. You don't think Jay-Z earned a billion? You know? I don't know. You don't think... What about Michael Jordan? Yeah, you don't think Michael Jordan should be a billionaire? You know? Or is it only white 
white billionaires. I'm sure it's just people who own businesses. Yeah. And that's, that's well, well, of course, those people own businesses. That's why but... they're worth a billion. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I want to know. It's no joke. I want to know who actually made a billion dollars off of their yearly salary mm. and not because they had investments or they own portions of companies that went really big. Has that ever happened? No. Probably not. Don't think so. Um, we he need also to talked find about this person. The, he also talked about buds and the seals and like, thank you for your service. However, that's what it is. It's a service. Yeah. Like you didn't get to throw that back in my face afterwards. Right. <laughs> it is the most difficult training and probably the most difficult job in the world, I would say, is to be a seal. And it's set up for the very elite. And that's part of why people volunteer to sign up for it. Mm -hmm. They want to be labeled elite, right? And by the way, and, and uh, so many people sign up for it voluntarily, knowing what the pay is, knowing what the training is going to be like, knowing all of that. And about 95% of them don't even make it through. Costco just made the point I was going to make. They're also government employees. They get paid for money that's stolen from our money. Right. So, yeah, I'm glad you didn't become a billionaire from that. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, but you don't get paid based on how hard the work is. You just you just don't. You get paid based on the value of the service that you're providing, uh, whatever that may be, and also how many people can do exactly what you're doing. Mm -hmm. That is the other thing. How many people could also do this job? And we can spend a whole lot more time on this, but we need to do the votes yeah, uh, y'all go start voting while Nate runs back through them. Now. The votes are already in there. The first one that we have, AOC. Uh, we've got AOC talking about Tucker Carlson needing to be censored. And then we got her talking about the debt ceiling. <laughs> and then number two, we got the great backtracking, the Fauci, Weingarten, and Trudeau backtrack. Uh, number number three, we got the doc leaker, Jack Teixeira, having this cache of Airsoft rifles. AR soft 15s. <laughs> Number four, we got KJP and her dumb stuff with the uh, the debt limit, the border, um, Biden's cheat sheet. Number five, we have the Equal Rights Act and everything that everyone's saying about that thing right now. I want to vote for all of these. Number six, we have Republicans, the right going a little too far, in my opinion. It's some of the reason that we have a bunch of the culture war stuff that we have right now. It's people trying to enforce... Some ideas I didn't do. Number seven, uh, we got this title strip for smoking weed. I get it. That's the rules. You want to compete under this body, with this body, then you follow the rules, okay? It's a dumb rule. People got to stop it with the weed thing. Uh, we got the Snapchat conversation, then we got the Nina post, which include uh, her post of this Jesse Ventura video and the uh, work requirements for Snap and Medicaid. All right, y'all, get your votes in. If you want to vote, by the way, on Dumb Bleep of the Week and join the Fed Haters Club, go to joingmail.com or godhatesfeds.com. Either place, well, there's a, on God Hates Feds, you can get a t-shirt and sign up to be part of the Fed Haters Club. Join, come vote every single week so that, uh, when we want to, mm -hmm. throw that in there. And then we do a Dumb Bleep of the Year, which is going to be nice, and we're we're probably still trying to throw together some type of party this summer. I'm still going to work on it. I know it's creeping up. Mm -hmm. But to be invited to something like that, you have to be in the Fed Haters Club. Also, so, you need to, this is very important. This is the most important thing we've ever asked you to do. 
okay? Download the Converso app. Yes. And send us a text message, 555-184-3042. Using the link in the show notes, you get double bonus points for doing that. But sending us a message through there, very important. I cannot stress to you how important it is that you download this and talk to us. Okay, you can send us whatever you want mm -hmm. on there. And if you don't like it, you can take it back. That's okay. right. That's totally fine. Looks like uh, number two, the backtrack, the great backtrack of 2023. The backtracking. Is the winner. I don't know who submitted all of those things. There were uh, a few different. We had Trudeau, the Wine Garden, and then the Fauci uh, backtracking in there. So we'll see exactly who submitted all those things. Uh, so they can go into the running for Dumbleep of the Year submission winner. That's right. All right, y'all do all those things, like I said. <clears throat> and if you do, then we'll be back again on Monday. Hope you have a good weekend and a good morning, Liberty.